Welcome to Real Life Mentoring, where we explore real life issues to help you make an authentic difference in the world. Hi, Chris and Christina here with Fahrenheit Real Life Mentoring. Well, you are joining us on part two of My Life, My Story. And the first podcast, we talked about sort of a brief summary of what this tool is. Chris, Three sentences. What is this tool? What if I get four? <laughs> my life, Push my story. It's a mentoring tool. Basically, it want to help you assess uh, uh, your past, uh, process the the, uh, the present, and help you plan for the future. Very good. And we, we talked about it's not a one and done. You just don't sit across the table from somebody and, okay, so let's talk about your story. But this is an ongoing tool, a tool that as trust builds with your mentee, you can go deeper into the parts of that tool. And so that's what we're going to do today uh, for the sake of role modeling and giving you a tool that you can sort of put uh, legs on for yourself. Today, we're going to take the first portion of the tool, the past component, and I'm going to I'm going to role play as the mentee. Okay. You're going to be the mentor, and we're going to demonstrate what going through this tool looks like. And I want to clarify: this is a tool that will enable you to really know know another person well. Sure. And they will know you, and so a person will feel known heard and cared for, I promise you, mm-hmm. when you take the time to get to know their story. Exactly. So, yeah. So, shall we get started? Yeah, let's All get right. started. All right, so, we're sitting down in a coffee shop, we're taking a walk, whatever. I want people to, to see that mentoring, it's not sterile. Right. It's about relationships, mm-hmm. talking, connecting, getting to know one another. It's It, it may seem a bit um, planned in the beginning, mm-hmm. and there, there there's elements to that. We have to meet on this day because that's when it fits for both of us. But healthy relationships are not stale like that. Sure. Okay. So <clears throat> maybe you're taking a walk, coffee shop, whatever, and you sit down and you say, hey, Christina, as I get to, to know you better, mm-hmm. what will help me is this. I want to know about your past, present, and future. I want to know your story. Mm-hmm. I want to know about your life. And so I've said this many times. If all I know is about what I know about you today, Christina, mm-hmm. I don't really know you. Right. I know a, a small piece of you. Mm-hmm. And so your past can include from yesterday to obviously your first few memories. Right. Uh, let's talk about, before we like role play, but sure. let's, let's talk about what are some things, for example, um, when I'm meeting with someone who's a real introvert right, <laughs> and they do well with yes and no questions, I need to ask open-ended questions. But what are things that I ask um, to help spur on conversation. So we, we've talked about this in the tool. Yes. We may say things like, so how hey, wh- many... Where, where did you grow up? Exactly. How many How many kids were in your family? Right. I, I, I'm glad you, you mentioned, what if you have someone who's a high introvert? Mm-hmm. Now, God's created introverts and extroverts. Sure. It's not a negative. It's just different. Yeah. I was mentoring a guy, and I'm trying to do this with him. Mm-hmm. We had met... And we'd met at church, and uh, we'd connected and talked, hey, let, let's meet up for coffee. Mm-hmm. I thought it would go smoothly, no problem. Mm-hmm. We sat down at a coffee shop, and it was like, as I say, pulling teeth. Sure. It was painful. Mm-hmm. I would ask a question, and he would answer with a very ba- basic answer and then stop. Sure. There was a lot of silence. Mm-hmm. And I was watching his body language, and he mm-hmm. was really uncomfortable sitting across from me like that. Sure. Keep in mind, um, we didn't know one another personally mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. Had just barely known each other at all. 
and I was asking him questions about his life. Mm-hmm. We were in that coffee shop about 30 minutes, mm-hmm. which was very awkward. Yeah. But yet we both wanted this. Sure. And finally he says, hey, Chris, do you mind if we walk on the street? Mm-hmm. Walk on the street. Walk on the street. Meaning no, we lived in Vienna. Okay. I'm sorry. Take a walk. Walk on the street. Yeah. Yeah. I take a walk on the wild side. Isn't that yeah. a song? Sorry, anyway. Okay, and you digress. Uh, yeah, so do. you got I, out from sorry, the cafe. Sorry, I love music. Hey, that's a part of my past. I love music. Okay, that's great. So you got out of the there cafe, and you took a walk together. And then what happened? Can I just say, what we're doing right now uh-huh. is a very natural, typical, healthy mentoring experience. Okay, very good. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, that reminds me of a song. Anyway. Okay, very good. So here we go. We lived in Vienna, Austria, a large yep. city, public transportation. So that's why he asked me, can we take a walk uh-huh. on the street? So I thought, okay. And then I realized what was happening. Mm. As soon as we got out of the cafe on the street, we were both facing the same direction. Sure. Not the looking at each other. wasn't on him. wasn't on him. And we're walking, and there's, there's traffic and noise around us from other things. And... He totally became himself. Yeah. He needed the comfort of a distraction. He did. Yeah. And so I learned that great tool, mm-hmm. but you've, got to, you've yeah. got to adapt it and adjust it. Right. And this is just for free. That's why we say when we're mentoring somebody, we let the Holy Spirit be our guide. It doesn't take a rocket science to go if somebody is Did you say a rocket there, science? A rocket scientist. Scientist. There we go. <laughs> To figure out, whoa, this guy's uncomfortable. What do I do? Right. right. The Holy Spirit gives you wisdom and common sense to go, okay, let's do something different. Yeah. Okay. So back to the tool. What are some things that you want to find out from a person's past? How do you begin to ask questions, formulate questions? Depending on the person, you might want to say some things about yourself. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm Chris. I grew up in, in Oklahoma, Texas. Mm-hmm. And they may ask, well, how did you end up in Vienna, Austria? And what that does, it's opening up a conversation. Sure. You're becoming more comfortable with one another. And then you mm-hmm. could say, oh, okay, so where are you from? Right. I've met you here in Vienna, but is this your home? Right. And yeah, it, it, it de- develops from there. You could ask things like, um, um, you have siblings. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand in, in, the, in the order of it? Are you the firstborn? Middle, last born, whatever. Um, there's all kinds of questions you can ask that are not threatening. Right. And depending on the trust level, you know, some some people are total open books. You meet them for the first time and they're going to tell you their most painful experience and how that affected them today. And that's okay. But you got to read, you got to read your mentee, right? Because these questions, they're, they're providing information, but they're also a question with the answer that leads to another question, that leads to another question. It does. And you, you made me think of this. There was a uh, an older man I was mentoring in the past, and we had met several times, but I had not um, used this tool. Mm-hmm. I was gathering information, you know, in my in my brain little by little as he would sure. tell me things, but I was not being deliberate in this tool. Yeah. And one day I thought, hey, I want to do this with him. Mm-hmm. Now, we had met a number of times, but still not as close as I would have thought we would have been. Mm-hmm. So you made a comment about, um, some people may, may go deep quickly. Mm-hmm. Some people, may, it may take a while. Sure. But this guy, when I asked him, hey, tell me something about your past, I was expecting he would say something like, oh, I love to play baseball mm-hmm. or I played the trumpet or whatever. Mm-hmm. He said, he began to, to uh, cry. Mm. And he said, I was sexually abused. Mm. Now, you may think, well, this is a heavy podcast all of a sudden. Sure. That's, that's just a, a reality. Right. When you ask someone to, hey, tell me about your life, your story, mm-hmm. 
whatever's on their heart maybe that day yeah. in the front of their mind, mm-hmm. that may come out may, before you're ready for it. And speaking to that heaviness, you're going to hear some heavy things, right? <laughs> the minute you raise your hand and go, pick me, pick me, I want to be a mentor, you, you're going to probably hear some heavy things. And so that goes without saying that you are being entrusted with a fine treasure and to handle that with care. And often what I do, if, if someone has just shared something, you know, um, that's, that is really heavy. Or even if it's minor, I probably in every meeting, hey, I just want to remind you that that stays right here with me. It doesn't go any further. Um, I want them to know that I do see that they've just handed me this incredible treasure it's for me only. It's not for me to talk about with my husband or my children. Um, yeah, so it's just to handle that like you would want your story, parts of your story that are difficult to be handled. Yeah. This is also important to, to note that. So when that, that guy told me that, <clears throat> he said, well, I was sexually abused as a boy. Mm. We were obviously alone in a room talking about this and... I didn't go any further. Yeah. I, I would tell me about what were your favorite hobbies? How <laughs> yeah. ridiculous that would have been. Exactly. I needed to honor that moment right. as he sat there in tears. So I comforted the man. Mm-hmm. He had become a friend at that point. Mm-hmm. And we talked more about that. And we may have been together another hour after that. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about anything else. Which is a great point. If you're out there listening, we, we've said this before that um, – this tool is not a one and done, right? And this tool may open up things like that where you may have planned to, oh, I'm going to find out so much about their past and work, where you may have an agenda, but being so fluid with that agenda, being led by the Holy Spirit to go, whoa, we need to camp out here. We may, we may need to pray together. Uh, I may, do, may need to even refer this man to a counselor because there's some real trauma. Um, but just there's, there's got to be a sensitivity to the moment when you ask these questions, um, to treat them appropriately. Yeah. Well, this is uh, another good point to say that our past, they're connected to our present. Exactly. Yeah. Okay? And this man was a, a, a great example of that. Mm-hmm. Here he is, an older man at the mm-hmm. time, sharing something that happened as a young boy to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there in tears. Do you think that uh, experience impacts his current life? Sure. It does. That's a good point. To When we're talking about somebody's past, it is an event that has taken place, right, in a certain year, 1968. He but it's actually part of their present. It's in their thought process. It's when you ask that question, what comes out? So it was an event that happened, but it's a thought, an impression, an idea that's still living with them presently. Yeah. And later on in the tool, I believe it's the next podcast, we'll, we'll talk about how something from the past can impact you presently and can impact your future if you're not careful about it. Mm-hmm. And so we want to address that as well. Good. Okay, is there anything leading up to before we actually role play this scenario so so our listeners really have a good picture of, oh, that's what you're talking about. Is there anything else that you would add to this uh, past piece? If you're going to do this, you need to care about what they tell you. Sure. So be excited about it. I get to hear someone's story. Mm -hmm. If you go, okay, tell me the story, like taking notes from (laughs) a a math class. Right. 
It can't be that. I don't want to tell you my story and my past if you don't really act like you care. Right. So care about that right. and imagine some things you're going to learn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So have some enthusiasm and some excitement about it. But as you said earlier, preface it with, I want you to know that as we, as I get to know you more and you share more of your past with me, mm-hmm. and I understand there's good things, there's bad things, there's ugly things that happen in our past. Mm-hmm. And so I, I hope you can trust me with this. I will honor the confidentiality mm-hmm. that yeah. this is this should have respect for. Good. So those are things to set it up. Very good. And oh, another thing too, I've told uh, men as I mentor them, if you tell me something mm-hmm. and it's painful, maybe it's shameful to you, I'm not going to judge you, right. and I'm not going to hold that against you. I'm not going to look at you in a negative way. Mm-hmm. You you have the courage to be real with me, mm-hmm. and if I do the same thing. We would see how equal we really are. Yeah. So And that's a whole other podcast. It is. Like how do you how do you as a mentor not be judgmental? If somebody's just told you something and it's a little It's a choice. Then what do you do? Yeah, and so I, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, I don't mean to say that right. oh I, I don't judge anybody. No, right. it's a choice. I right. have to deliberately work with that. And yeah. Choose not to. But well, I don't good. want a man to ever be afraid to tell me more difficult stories or ugly stories because I didn't handle it well the first time. Right. They probably won't give me the opportunity. Okay. So um, in the remaining minutes, let's let's do this. Okay. Christina, I want to tell you, I'm very excited. I'm very grateful that you trust me with telling me your story. So I don't want you to stress. (laughs) Um, We're not going to get, this is not an assignment. Okay. Gotcha. We want to get to know each other. Mm -hmm. Real friendships do not develop this way. We'll meet on the first and second Saturday of every month, and we will talk about these topics, and we'll be the best of friends. Sure. That doesn't work. Right. This doesn't either. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, Christina, tell me some things about your past. For instance, I know your father was in the military. Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, because he was in the military, we did move around a lot, and we got to see things that a lot of my peers never did. So I was born in Italy. We then moved to Texas, and that's when my dad went to Vietnam. Then we moved to Germany. We moved to Montana. We moved to Oklahoma. We moved to Turkey. We moved to Arkansas and then back to Oklahoma. So there was a lot of moving. Um, But my parents had a great attitude that wherever we were at, we were being sent there as a guest to that country um, when we lived overseas. And um, they did a really good job of, of... taking the time there to really learn what does it mean to be a citizen of this country. And and they exposed us to a lot of opportunities that I, I'm really, really grateful for. Okay. So as a mentor, I want to I listen for certain things. Mm-hmm. So you told me you lived in several places, right. other countries, other uh, states in the U.S. As a person hearing this, what, what is something you told I should have learned about you? Uh, transition was a big part of my life. Very much so. Change. Yeah. I could assume, oh, change is easy for Christina. Right. No big deal. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily true. Right. Mm-hmm. But you've had a lot of change, so that you may have a different perspective on life than I did. Right. Because I grew up in Oklahoma, Texas. Right. Right? Okay. And since we're pausing here in the role play, I did share a lot that we moved around a lot. Notice how I, I, I talked very highly about my parents. So I could, as the listener, go, wow, she had great parents. I did have very good parents. But let's not make any assumption. There's some other stories that I could tell you of of maybe some things that were hurtful or things that I watched my parents go through. Um, So let's not ever, ever, ever assume. And 
at the same side of that token, you can assume some things. I did move around. There was always transition. So that's a healthy assumption. How I handled that transition would be another great question, right? Okay. Yeah. It is. Good. Shall I ask that then? <laughs> Christina, how, did you, how do you think you handled transition like that, uh, moving around so much? As a kid looking back, I think I was, was probably resilient. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I think I handled it. I think I handled it well. Okay. Let's do something on the, on the opposite of that. Yeah. Tell me about it. Now, you wouldn't typically do this unless you know the person pretty well. Sure. Getting to know them better. <clears throat> Excuse me. What's a, when I say, hey, tell me about a painful memory that comes to mind from your childhood. Uh-huh. Does something hit you quickly? Uh, yeah. You want to share what that is? Yeah. So probably the most painful experience would have been um, when we lived overseas in Turkey, I was 17 years old, and my mom was only 38. She suffered a stroke and was sent from our tiny little air base there in Turkey. She was sent to Germany for medical care. Um, and after she was stable from Germany, she was actually sent back to the States. And so from September until December, my sister and I and my father were alone in Turkey a lot of that time, my sister and I were alone in Turkey because my dad was um, needed to be with my mom in Germany during the touch-and-go phases of her recovery. So that's a, a deeply painful experience. It's interesting. Until we hear someone's story, isn't it easy to have a certain perception or sure. make assumptions about people? Yeah. Because as a kid, hearing your life about moving to different countries and different places— I would have thought you had a charmed life. Yeah. She gets to fly all over the world. <laughs> she gets to go to new places and experience new people. And I never get to do this. I'm stuck in this small town in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. But just from your Turkey story, mm -hmm. that sounds, let me back that up. Yeah. Your story about living in Turkey, how's yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no one wants to go through that. No. That's painful. That's scary. Well, and 17 is a weird age, right? You're kind of a young woman, but you're kind of not. And you're... You can see adulthood, but you really don't have the mental capacity to deal with adult kind of issues. And so that was real a real marker for me. Um, yeah, it, it that situation alone forced me to step into adulthood when I wasn't ready. Okay. Um, I saw my mom in the morning of her surgery as my mom, a young, vibrant, healthy, beautiful 38-year-old woman. And after school, I saw her in the fetal position looking like she'd aged 20 years, mm. not knowing if she were going to survive. And I didn't see her again until about two months later. That's a scary place to be. Um, I went from a 17-year-old girl mm. who's just concerned with what it means to be a senior in high school and, and wanting a certain pair of Converse tennis shoes that were about to come up and buying the latest Cars album with my allowance money to then being forced to be the primary caretaker of my sister while my dad's in a totally different country and we're being entrusted to strength. You know, it's just all those things that that one experience um, began to unravel for me. Hearing another person's story, it always gives me respect because I can make assumptions, I said earlier, mm -hmm. and then I hear the story, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I go, wow, mm -hmm. their life is not so charmed. Um, I don't... I wouldn't want their life. My yeah. life is, is good. It's not easy sometimes, but I haven't had to go through what they've gone through. You know, just in the retelling of our stories for a mentee, I'm putting myself in the position of a mentee. 
what I'm I'm finding right now, because right, our lives are, are so organic and open if we let God just speak to us. But as I shared that, you know, now as a 53-year-old woman, kind of at a crossroads in my life of what am I here on the planet for? I think I assume responsibility for every single person or thing that's brought into my life. Hello? Why wouldn't something from my past at 17? Okay, are you saying you just had that revelation yeah, just now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and I think there's some false responsibility, right? So I'm I'm uber responsible in so many areas of my life. I think tied to the past. Tied to that 17-year-old girl. Yeah, so guys, I want you to understand this tool yeah, we call it a tool, but it's so it's supposed to be so moldable. Yeah. So um what's what's the word? Fluid. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you just realize maybe that's why I feel so ultra responsible for people in mm-hmm. my in situations. I was handed that as a seventeen year old. Mm-hmm. Situations I should not have been given. Mm-hmm. This is one uh, an area where so we're married, obviously. We have three girls. Mm-hmm. I've shared with our girls and you. My first job was in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. I was Are you fi- trying to top my story? I'm going to top your story. <laughs> no, believe me, that nothing could top that that yeah. I can think of. But just to help you understand where you think something's normal right. from your past, right. and you don't realize it till you're much older. Mm-hmm. So when I told uh, our girls that I was a custodian at my school, <laughs> starting in the fifth grade, not for my my uh, extra money to buy yeah. a bike or have fun with. Help pay the bills. Help pay the bills of the yeah. family. Mm-hmm. And my girls are going, that's not normal. Yeah. That's wrong. Your fifth grade, you'd go to school, get out of class, go eat a snack, and then you had work to do. Mm-hmm. Now, some people may say, well, you've got a ru- you had a rough life. Get over it. Yeah. But I'm just saying, not until I was a much older adult did I realize that wasn't normal right. for a fifth grade boy to do. That kind of responsibility and pressure, mm-hmm. I got to pay the bills. So what Chris and I both shared in this role-playing setting, um, I think you saw the aha moment, even just for me at 17, going, wait a minute, I think. And so instead of you sharing now another story about you at fifth grade, if we were in real lifetime, you were my mentee, you put a pause there, right? And we camp out just like you did with your man. Yes. Your your man that you were mentoring who shared that. And we, I would want my mentor to camp out here with me for a little bit, investigate this. Wow. What do you think God's trying to tell you? Or how do you think you're supposed to press into this? Or do you need some healing from that? Same. If I was a man and you just shared that story about, you know, fifth grade Chris Elledge, bless him, who's having to help pay the electric bill, that's worthy of just sitting there. And letting your mentee process, and you process, you ask some questions. Um, That's why we can't reiterate enough that this tool is really organic. Um, It's to be fluid. It's to be used. um, Yeah, it's not to be used as a one and done. Because just in this brief example, you've seen where you can really camp out on some things with you and your mentee. It's interesting, and we don't have enough time right now, but we didn't even get into our teenage years, yeah, high school, college. And that's the beauty of this tool. It can be used over and over and over. So for the sake of wrapping up, Chris, is there anything you want to— Just be creative in your questions, some some questions that I could have asked you. Uh, Christina, what was— was, What's a fun memory you have as a teenager? Mm-hmm. We don't have time to answer that, mm-hmm. but things like that. Where were you successful as a, as a teenager? Mm-hmm. What did you love doing? What did you know about yourself 
that that made you different than other people mm-hmm. in a good way. Yeah. Who was the first person that affirmed you that stuck that stuck with you? Mm. So be creative in your questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Well, that wraps up podcast number two on my story, my life, my life, my story, whatever. I tend to say my life, my story. <laughs> This tool that we've been talking about, if you didn't listen to the first one, go ahead and take a listen. We're going to follow it up with one more that will conclude this um, session over the tool, My Life, My Story. So stay tuned for the next one. Um, Yeah. And uh, thanks for tuning in. thank you as always for listening if today was helpful if something that you listened to was helpful we would really love it if you would go to apple or spotify leave us a review download subscribe and for all things related to podcast if you'd like to give a financial contribution to help us continuing bringing this sort of broadcasting to you just go to fahrenheitmentoring.org <laughs>